The clock is counting down on 2022, so it's a good time to break out our mid-season awards ballots today. We're going to be giving out the mid-season heart, the mid-season Norris, and all the other cool trophies today in the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor on thefourcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. Also want to mention today's show is brought to you by our sponsors at Bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts all right well the uh clock is ticking on 2022 dear god did that year go by (laughs) it's weird it seems like this this year went by at a snail's pace but also simultaneously just went by like a bullet train it did. Like there is like the hockey time span where things it feels like snail's pace. And then there's like just how time in general went. Feels very different this this year. 2022 feels very different. Like the way the season ended in May, the way the season's gone this fall. Yeah, we're just in sort of a, a quantum place here. Yeah. It's time is a fickle thing. It is. It is. it is as our hockey fans. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it seems like the, uh, like, it seems like the Prague season opener was like three years ago. Yes. It and does. like the Fred's winter class or the outdoor game was like last month or something like that. It's just been just, just like a giant cluster of time. Yes, absolutely. It does. Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do is we have our, over the next couple of days, our 2022 retrospective. Mm-hmm. We're going to look back at some of the key moments of the year, maybe reflect on how they're going to translate going into 2023. Tomorrow, we are going to be doing a Preds-centric version uh, where we are going to go through the highlights and lowlights of the entire year of 2022 for the Nashville Predators, which includes the end of last year. And the start of this year, we'll make some bold predictions for 2023. But today, though, we are taking it national. So what mm-hmm. Ann and I thought we would do is look at the NHL season as a whole so far and give out some mid-season awards. If the season ended today, who would be the Hart Trophy winner? Who would have the Vezina? Who would have the Norris Trophy? And is it going to be... The same Kale McCarr argument versus Roman Yossi again this year. So that is on the agenda today. Uh, And it seems like it's just been a uh, a kind of a weird year for the NHL. A lot of the teams that we thought were kind of kind of be towards the top are slow getting out of the gate. There's some teams that are at the top that we didn't expect to be there. Some teams that we thought would be good, but maybe not as good as they are right now. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like there's just kind of a hodgepodge of a lot going on uh, so far. 
Yeah, when you look at kind of where our season predictions were and where the rankings are now, I don't, I'm not sure what happened. Like the Seattle Kraken did not see that coming. Yeah. Winnipeg Jets, say what? Um, didn't know what to think about the Dallas Stars. Clearly, they've made a point. Like this whole, yeah, this whole season has felt really uh, unpredictable. And yet when I sat down to do the awards, some of the awards felt very predictable, which I thought yeah. was really interesting because when you look at the rankings, you look at where some of these teams are, you would think it would be a little bit more jumbled up. You'd have a little bit bigger pool, but some of these awards feel predictable despite the fact that the season has been absolutely insane. Yeah. So let's get to some of the awards. And I think the first one I want to tackle maybe goes into those surprise teams a little bit. Let's do coach of the year, the Jack Adams trophy. Yeah. Who do you have winning that right now and why? There's a couple people that I went back and forth on. Um, Probably, I think the front runner right now is Jim Montgomery with the Boston Bruins because they are absolutely tearing it up. But here's where I'm at with that. Um, obviously, Boston, incredible season. They're doing so many things right. But you look at their roster, and this is one of those teams where I feel like how much of that is coaching and how much of that is talent? Like there is a secret little part of me that's like, I could win the Jack Adams if I had yeah. Boston's roster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally send your roster out on the ice and sit back and see what happens because they have so much talent top to bottom for them. So for me, I'm going to kind of table that one, even though I think he's probably the front runner mid season, I'm going to go with Jared Bednar and it hurts me to do that. Yeah. It hurts me to do this. Um, but here's the thing. He has obviously a really talented team, but, the Colorado Avalanche have been absolutely decimated by injuries. Just top to bottom, if it's not one thing, it's another. And to be able to coach a team through the ups and downs of the injuries, to be able to continue to put together a roster that can be as successful as the Colorado Avalanche have been despite, I'm telling you, their injury list is as long as their roster. It's just insane to me what this team has been through. And for Jared Bednar to be able to continue to navigate that and have this team be as successful for me right now i'm kind of leaning that way yeah i mean I, like i get it i get it but it's also like i know that colorado has been decimated with injuries but they still have miko rantanen they still have kale mccarr uh they're getting much better goaltending than they were last year and when you look at the standings it's like are they really surviving the injuries right now because they're kind of behind where they uh where a lot of people thought they would be you know behind winnipeg behind dallas and i i think maybe you're right maybe the conversation changes uh you know january and february if those players get back and they mm -hmm. just start turning it on again um and you're able to be like oh well you know look they survived playing pretty well uh without those guys but I don't know. And here's the thing. I, right now, it seems like the favorite is Jim Montgomery in Boston. And I kind of agree with that because, look, Boston's really? loaded with talent. But this was a team who, over the last, you know, two, three years, had all that talent, but really kind of underperformed. And, you know, there's like, you know, young Fords like Jake DeBrusque that weren't necessarily developing. They couldn't find a lot of depth. 
Uh, you know, defensively, they're all right, but kind of in channels. And you look, and there's just so many people uh, who, you know, were still on the team the last few years who are just taking their game up a level, whether it's on the offensive end or defensive end. And I think you can't really, and I know it's a boring pick because it's going to be like, oh, it's the coach of the best team. That's who all the right. generic voters vote for. But at the same time, I think he's found a way to kind of unlock uh, some new stuff with really what was the same Boston lineup as the past few years uh, and, and kind of take their gameplay to a whole you know new level. Um, you know what's surprising when I was going through and um, like checking out some of the odds and stuff? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people are talking about Pete DeBoer in Dallas. You know what? Honestly, that is surprising. That That's, is surprising. I, I will give you that one because you nobody knew what to think of Dallas. I mean, nobody really knew what to think of Dallas going into the season. And I mean, look at Dallas now. Yeah. That's I, mean, a, I think that's an interesting that's an interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, they missed the playoffs last year, and I know a lot of people were um, you know, talking about them. Oh, maybe they're gonna be, you know, towards you know the bottom. Uh, you know, our friends at Bet Online today uh, have Pete DeBoer as the seventh wow. best odds. I mean, behind Lindy Ruff, which that's that's another another good one. Um, you know, Bruce Cassidy, the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, sure. But, you know, they have Jack Eichel and a bunch of other players. And then Rod Brindamore, who a lot of people were expecting the Hurricanes to win that division anyway. So I'm surprised he's not gotten a little bit further. I'm sure I'm sure his odds are going to go up if the season goes on. Yeah, that is an interesting pick. And see this, it all goes back to how annoying and ambiguous are the descriptions of these awards. Because like you said, the obvious award, you know, kind of the obvious way to look at it is it's, of course, it's going to be the coach with the team that's performing the best, because then that automatically reflects back on the coach. But I do think when you look at coaches who have had adversity with their team or like you say with Dallas, you know, nobody really knew what to expect from this Dallas roster and to be able to put together the season they have. How do you, like, it goes back to like, how do you weigh this out? And there's no consensus across the board for yeah. this. And, and that it only gets worse as we get further in this episode, as far as ambiguous <laughs> description. Yep. Of oh, there, there will be some Connor McDavid discourse. Don't you worry. <laughs> Uh, but before we do that, we have some other awards, including Calder for Rookie of the Year and Norris, Defenseman of the Year. Any chance Preds are in any of these, we will talk about that in just one second. But first, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, like the one you're listening to right now, you can find those at BetOnline as well. You can get everything you need to know uh, on all of the games, actions, and sports happening so you can win a little bit of money no matter which sports you follow. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Ann. 
Let's mosey on with our midseason awards. Let's go to what I think we might agree on. Mm-hmm. Calder Trophy for yeah. Rookie of the Year. I have a feeling you and I may have the same person for who wins, but I also want to talk about who you had in the mix. So who's yeah. your who's your winner? And then we'll get into some of those other ones. My winner for Calder Trophy is dear darling Maddie Beneers from yes. Seattle Kraken. I, and Correct. I think that that's probably at this point in the season, I think he is definitely the front runner for the Calder and well-deserved 32 games, 11 goals, 14 assists, 25 points. And he is just a difference maker. And you look at where the Seattle Kraken team is compared to where we all anticipated the Seattle Kraken team to be. And he is a difference maker in the team, not, you know, not just as a rookie on his own, but he's a difference maker for this team. And so for me, I really feel like across the board right now, Maddie Beneers is the front runner for Calder for sure. Yeah, 100%. And it's just, you know, you look at what he's doing uh, for the CL Kraken. Like, yeah, they're right now in a playoff spot uh, and looking pretty, pretty good in the process as well. But also it's what he's doing for that time i mean he's basically their number one center right now uh as a 20 year old and he is you know scoring key goals scoring on the power play um he is getting you know here and there some penalty killing moments he is kind of a mr do it all for them one of the most important players as a 20 year old on a team that is going well above where a lot of people thought they were right now um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Kraken kind of level out like we think they might do, uh, what yeah. that does for his chances. But, you know, it, there's not, to me, at least a lot of skaters behind him right now uh, who's kind of put up the same numbers and had the same impact as he did. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe Matias Maselli from, you know, Arizona. He's he's kind of the other, you know, big guy. Um, Mason McTavish with the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, yeah. it feels like the Ducks are just so bad that I feel like that's kind of hurting him right now, except on the yeah. score sheet. To me, and there's two people uh, that I would kind of keep my eye on if it's not Matty Beneers. Okay. And they're both goalies. Interesting. One, one is Logan Thompson. Yes. Yep. Uh, he was on my know, short list. Who has absolutely kind of stolen the starting job in Vegas? One of the best goalies, maybe in the conversation for Vezina. Uh, you know, we'll get to that in a second, but maybe he's probably at least six, seven, you know, top one of those goaltenders right now. The other person to watch, and this is going to depend on how the second half of the year plays off, Peter Kachetkov in Carolina. Mm-hmm. He is the goalie who has, you know, he was an emergency call up. Like he was the guy that came in here just to fill the void. Uh, when Carolina had some injuries this year, he's now stolen that job. And since he's stolen that job, you know, he's the hot hand right now. He's been one of the best goalies in the league. It's only a question of, is he going to keep the starting job uh, when everybody is 100% and, you know, if they're firing on all cylinders, But if he does, and he performs like he's been this year, he may be in that conversation too. And he may be hard to ignore if Carolina gets first place in their division like it looks like they're going to. Yeah, that's a fair point. And and it's interesting to me. I think it's 
this is just my perspective, but I think it's a real feather in the cap of these rookies when they come in as goaltenders. Not that, not to take away anything from Maddie Beneers or any of these other players that are rookies that are performing really, really well. But there is yeah. something about coming in to that role as a rookie and being able to step up and be somebody who a hundred percent keeps your team in these games that that makes it interesting. The other player that I did have on my short list was Wyatt Johnston. And I feel like from Dallas, I feel like he's a little bit overlooked because, you know, you've got the Jason um, Robertson show going on, but yeah. he has been a really fun little surprise to watch as well. So I think there's, there's some really interesting rookies in this season that are definitely worth watching. Uh, but again, I go back to like, this is Maddie Beneers to lose. And yeah. hopefully he doesn't because he's so delightful. What a and delightful we, And we want to be right. So that, that works too. That doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> all right. So let's go to what was for us around this time last year, the most talked about award. And even after the award was announced, it was the oh most gosh. talked about award. It was talked about in our grievances last weekend, our festivals, mm -hmm. and we were talking, of course, about the Norris Trophy for best defenseman in the NHL. Categorize this however you want. Is this the most valuable defenseman? Is this the defenseman who had the best year? Is this the best defensive defenseman? There, There's no set thing to describe the Norris trophy. Uh, and that's why it seems like every year is just a crapshoot depending yeah. on uh, who voters would like to vote for. So, it's so maddening. The Norris trophy is so maddening to me. Yeah. So who do you have this year? Okay. I tell, I have who I think right now is the front runner for it. And then I have who I really wish would win it. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I have two picks. Um, I really think right now the front runner is Kale McCarr. And I think a lot of that is carryover. I think everybody likes a repeat story, not to take anything away from his performance, because of course he is so important to this Colorado team. And like we talked about, Colorado has been through it with injuries. And he is one of those players that I think is definitely keeping Colorado in the mix with his play. You know, they're 1911 into considering everything they've been through. Defensively, uh, Colorado's fourth best in the league when it comes to, you know, lowest goals against per game. So this is a good defensive team. And I just think the natural tendency is to lean towards Kale McCarr. So right now, I would say probably he's the pick. I think he's just the easy pick. Mm -hmm. You don't have to delve too deep into, am I talking about the best defensive defenseman? Am I talking about the player that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think right now it's probably Kale McCarr. Here's my thing, Anne. Mm -hmm. Remember last year, what was the argument uh, of, of that everybody put Kale McCarr over Roman Yossi? Defensive play defensive play and what was the thing was oh you know Kale McCarr only had what 15 fewer points than Yossi but mm -hmm. his defensive numbers were were better yeah. the roof and that makes him a better all-around defenseman Kale McCarr's defense this year is not where it was last year hmm. and if you're going by that argument the person who I have winning the Norse trophy 
with the same argument that everybody mm-hmm. put Makar in last year is Adam Fox. Yes. Who, yeah. That would be another repeat winner. Uh, first off, he can score 35 points this year. That's fourth among defensemen in the NHL. And by the way, six more than uh, Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. But then go around and look at his defensive stats. He is one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL this year as well. He's top 10 uh, among defensemen who've played at least 300 minutes this year. Top 10 in Corsi against. Top 15 in expected goals, which is better than guys like Makar, Rasmus Dahlin, who a lot of people are kind of yeah. putting up there in the top as well. Eric Carlson, uh, who has been a fun offensive story, I bet, if he continues this trend, especially if he gets traded somewhere, he's probably going to have, you know, a top three Norris case. But if you're taking the same argument that everybody made for Makar last year and said, well, not only is he scoring a lot, but he's better defensively than some of the people in front of him. That is Adam Fox this year. You have to give it to Adam Fox. And Adam Fox, you know, for people, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, but look at everybody else and blah, 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 blah. The Rangers are not a great team. And Adam Fox is the number one defenseman, which means, like McCarr, he's still going out there against other teams' Mm -hmm. top lines, the best players on the other teams, and still putting up these numbers. So to me, Adam Fox... Based on the evidence, that's the guy who deserves the Norris this year. If yeah. you're using the logic that you voted for Kale McCarr over Roman Losi, R- Yossi last year, then you can't turn around and vote McCarr this year. Yeah. It's that logic points to Adam Fox this year so far. I think it's so interesting because statistically you're dead on, but for some reason I feel like he is just overlooked in the conversation. And I know odds wise he's up there, but nobody's really talking much about his game. And I think that's really interesting. I think if the Rangers were a little bit better this year, I think more people would be uh, talking with him. Yeah. My pick who I really want straight up, Eric Carlson. Is he going to get it? No. Would I love to see the 32-year-old get it? Oh, heavens, yes. <laughs> like, if you're, if you're a National most... Predators fan, the answer may be no, just because of Eric Carlson getting some potentially undeserved Norris trophies in his past against certain National <laughs> Predators. Uh, yeah. But hey, I, I like seeing Eric Carlson all of a sudden finding his inner Bobby Orr. Once it's like time. one of the most fun stories in the NHL this season is Eric Carlson. Yeah. But he's will he get the, will he get the Norris? I don't think so. I think it helps his case. If January, February, he's traded to a contender. That would be very interesting. Yeah. I'd be we'll here for that. We'll see what happens. We still have a couple more that we have to get to. And one of the big debates, heart trophy, we're going to dive into that hot mess in just a minute but first we want to thank you for making locked on predators your first listen every day when you are done listening to us go and check out locked on sports today locked on sports today has the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes plus they'll give you instant reactions recaps and insights that locked on can provide they also have a really fun locked on's take of the day so check out locked on sports today it's available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts also want to mention today's show brought to you by the national highway transportation safety administration's drive sober 
or get pulled over campaign. It can happen so easily, folks. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and it's time to go. For a moment, you think about calling a ride, but nah. You're a good driver. You live nearby. You're not that buzz. You can make it home okay. Guys, you may be thinking, what are the odds you get pulled over? What's the worst that can happen? You can lose your license. You can lose your job. You can total your car. Or you can really, really hurt somebody. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride this New Year's Eve. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Ann, a couple of more awards to get to. This one is another one uh, Preds fans have always paid close attention to. One that they may pay close attention to at the end of this season, depending on how things go. And that is Mm -hmm. the Vezina. Yes. Best goalie in the NHL. Preds have had one winner and a finalist before, so... Maybe magic Maybe. repeats itself with UC Soros if he gets better. I think if you're asking me right now, his slow start to the season might have knocked him down a few pegs. But if he plays the second half of the season like he played the last month and a half or so, I think he's going to be in that conversation. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to put him in that conversation at the top of the list midway through the season because of that slow start that really kind of hurt his chances. But you look at the way that UC Saros has played over the last, you know, month, month and a half, these last games. I mean, he is back to being the difference maker for the Nashville Predators and the saves that he is making, the amount of shots that he's facing, which is something the Predators really should probably work on. Uh, UC Saros is back to Vesna form, but did that slow start cost him down the stretch? I think mid-season, Probably not in the top of the conversation, but I agree with you. This is one to keep an eye on because if Saros can stay healthy and if he can continue to play the way he is, there may be some rumblings for Saros for Vesna down the yeah. line. It feels like uh, a good second half, depending on how well the Preds do, and maybe some people at these top, you know, at the top of the list who are kind of having, you know, epic seasons, maybe they kind of become average second half of the year. Maybe yeah. maybe we're talking about UC Saros in that conversation, but who do you have right now, Anne? I went back and forth on this one. I think there's one that statistically is obvious, and that's Linus Olmark from Boston Bruins. I mean, statistically, he is top of the list, 936 save percentage, 1.94 goals against average. What is that even? Um, played 23 games. Boston is just absolutely killing it this season, and we've talked about that. But then I go back to and see, Nick, here is where, like, what do you weigh when you talk about these? He is also playing with an just incredibly talented team. I mean, you know, David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, Taylor Hall. You've got all of these amazing players, too. And Boston's just putting together such a complete team that there's a part of me that's like, "Mm, is it? Is it? So I went back and forth and the other one, and this hurts me a little bit to say it out loud, but I have to wonder about Connor Hellebuck. Yep. And, you know, it hurts me to say that because he's, he's not, you know, 
where I, he's not necessarily who I would pick. He's in our division and he's burned us a couple times. But you look at him, he's played 25 games, 16, 8, 0, and 1, 928 save percentage. And he is playing in front of a team that is not nearly as good as Boston. And, you know, he is winning games for them. And so there's a part of me that's like, you kind of have to weigh that out. And if you weigh out, you know, goaltender who is winning games for their team, I think Connor Hellebuck has to be right in that conversation. You're right. And I went back and forth with those two particular players as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I I thought it was, I kind of thought Linus Olmark was, you know, maybe like you had said, maybe like the Jacob Markstrom of last year where he's kind of benefiting by playing on a really good team and the defense in front of him is really good. And that is the case. But then when I dug into his stats a little bit, you know, he's put up some insane numbers, like save percentage and whatnot. But I went back to naturalstattrick.com and looked up, you know, some of the micro stats and he's second in the NHL in goals saved above expected, which is like the huge, you know, like the, the surefire goals, you know, an average play, like an average goaltender would give up. He's making those saves on a level as some of these game changing goaltenders like Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and it's almost like the Andre Vasilevsky uh, debate from a few years ago with just because he's on a good team, like yes. a really good team with a really good defense doesn't necessarily mean he's also not going out there and making game changing saves as well. So I agree. I went back and forth between Linus Allmark and Connor Hellebick for the same reasons you did. Mm-hmm. I have Linus Allmark number one right now, just because I feel like his, you know, his base numbers and his advanced numbers kind of back up the play that he's been the top goaltender this season. If Winnipeg keeps up what they're doing though, and gets into the postseason, and you're able to say, okay, that is mostly Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Maybe that conversation shifts a little bit. Maybe people look at that and say, okay, you know, Olmark's numbers might be a little bit better, but Connor Hellebuck carried a team to the Stanley cup playoffs Maybe that's where that conversation shifts. Yeah. And I wonder too, how much you weigh, you know, we talk about workload. Connor Hellebuck had the second most games behind UC Soros last season. Is that going to continue? And does that factor in as you get further down the line? Like I, I think this one, you need a little bit more season to sort of sift it out. But again, it's all, it's all in how you look at it. But I, I think those for sure are the top two right now that, that it, you know, barring injury or something dramatic it's one of those two is going to be in the final conversation for sure yeah all right let's go to the big one the granddaddy of amara the heart (laughs) trophy the mvp award whatever mvp means in this nhl and i gotta say if it's not Connor mcdavid this year something's wrong Like something is wrong with the way we vote for MVP if it's not Connor McDavid this year. Because I get he is by far the best player in the league. And he really should have won MVP every year from like 2018 to now, except for 2020, which was the the year where he missed a bunch of time due to injury. And that was when Dreisaitl stepped up. I mean, he was no doubt 
the been the best player in the league has like the best statistical seasons. Yes. But it just seems like every year, every year, because that's like the boring option at this point, because he's so good. It's almost boring how good he is. Mm -hmm. It just seems like we go above and beyond to look for any reason to vote for anything else. Last year, it wound up being it wound up being a Austin Matthews because of his 60 goal performance. And, you know, they're saying, well, not a lot of people are, you know, scoring 60 goals. And, you know, McDavid's more of a playmaker. He's got Dreisaitl who's scoring a lot. So what did Connor McDavid do? He said, okay, screw that. I'm going to go on an epic goal scoring run. <laughs> so he's got yes. 30. He's got 30 goals already this season in 35 games. Uh, that is by far the most in the NHL right now. He is on pace, Anne, to flirt with 70 goals this year. Like, he is he is very close to that pace. And it's Connor McDavid, so we know he can do it. 70 goals is something that has not been done since 1993. So if McDavid does that, yeah. if if you have the numbers that he's putting up this year, like 66 points in 35 games, which is very close to two points per game pace. How do you not put this guy on top of your MVP ballot? Like, like, think of a reason. Like, there is no logic that you use for any of, like, the past five uh, MVP winners, McDavid included, that wouldn't apply this year. Yeah, no, and I think you are 100% right. Like, in as I was looking through this and writing my notes down, I'm like, I don't see how this is even a question. Like, how is it even a question? Except, I agree with you in that I think people look for reasons for it not to be Connor McDavid. Is it like, just I really it's, think yeah, you have to, and I don't know statistically how you can land anywhere else this season, barring, you know, some sort of catastrophic injury that keeps him out for an extended period of time, he is hands down the best player in the NHL right now. Yeah. I I don't see anybody that is having a better season. That means more to his team than Connor McDavid. And like for the record, like I had Jason Robertson number two on my ballot. uh, And I had a, a, I went back and forth between Tage Thompson and Linus Allmark for number Mm -hmm. three. Yep. But it's just like, even them, it's like, look, like eventually it's just like, you gotta be like, and I get it. It's like kind of the boring pick at this point, but if he earns it, if he he earns earns it, it. he earns it. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you. And, And Jason Robertson was somebody I was like, I can see people making an argument for Jason Robertson except that I can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like ultimately when it comes down to it, I just don't see how there's, I just don't see how it's a question. It's Connor McDavid, unless it's not. (laughs) Exactly. Crazy times, my friend. Crazy times. Well, we want to know what you guys think. Uh, Send us a tweet, LO underscore predators or comment on YouTube. Who you would put on top of your ballots for Vezina, Hart, Norris, Calder, Jack Adams, any of that one. If you want to make a a wild Lady Bing guest, uh, be my my (laughs) guest. Go ahead. Give give me your best Lady Bing nominations. Uh, And as a reminder, tomorrow 
we are going to be doing our Preds retrospective where we look at the past year of Preds hockey and look ahead to 2023. It's our final show of 2022, folks, which kind of weird to say out loud, but we've we've made it. So we look forward to seeing you guys then. And give yourself a plug. Where can people find your work? You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at OnTheForeCheck.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. However you're listening to us right now, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to subscribe. That way you will always be the first to know when we have fresh content out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.